Hey, I'm Julian Bailey from Three Pines on Amazon Prime, and I'm the next guest with Brian on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now... Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. We are off on another edition into the world of entertainment. This is episode 615 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, you've seen our guest on NCIS, Quantico, for the people, uh, the young and the restless. But you mostly know him probably because of his recent show, his new show on Amazon Prime called Three Pines. Julian Bailey is joining us. He's Peter Morrow on the show. And we're going to hear all about that show and a whole lot more from Julian coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. So get ready for that. And uh, we also have our remakes, and uh, we have some. There's some really interesting ones. It's it's. You sometimes wonder why are they doing this for remakes and things, but uh, we'll 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 find out. That's coming up in a few minutes, right here on On Screen and Beyond. And uh, if you are uh, thinking about somebody you'd like to see on the show or hear on the show, I should say, uh, you can email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'll see what I can do about getting that person on. And uh, be sure to tell a friend. And if you are new to On Screen and Beyond, I, I, I know you're going to like this episode, but I suggest that you also go back after you listen to this. Start with episode number one and then work your way up all through all our episodes. And each week we give you a new episode, so you'll have to check those out. You know, you don't want to wait all that other time. But uh, there are 615 episodes of On Screen and Beyond right now as I speak. And uh, you can go back and listen to every single one of them. Go to uh, onscreenandbeyond.com and you can see them. We have our rerun section where you can look down through them all and see who's there. And you can uh, download them right there. Or you can go to your favorite podcast provider, whether it's Apple or uh, Amazon or just, you know, just want to tell Alexa, say, hey, Alexa, play On Screen and Beyond. And it's going to play it. And uh, there's just all kinds of ways, Podbeam, Stitcher, you know, the whole works. They're all there. And uh, we thank you very much for listening. And I hope uh, that you'll keep doing that. And also uh, tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond so we can get the word out and get more people listening to On Screen and Beyond. Always love having new people listen. And if you are here for the first time, welcome. And I hope you'll continue. Well, let's get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Please hang up and try again. Remakes. It looks like Channing Tatum has acquired the rights to 1990s classic Ghost. Now, of course, that used to uh, have Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore in it. That was the original people from the movie. And he plans to produce and star in the remake. And DC's co-boss James Gunn says his thoughts are that no one has been cast as Superman yet, no matter what rumors say. And this would be for the remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, of the films of The Man of Steel. And a remake of, of Inspector Gadget is in pre-production for 2026. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. <laughs> 
Upcoming new movies, it looks like Amanda Seyfried is making a Thelma and Louise musical. Now, this isn't going to be a movie. It's going to be on Broadway, okay? So, but, I, you know, I figured I'd stick it in here. And uh, it also has uh, Evan Rachel Wood. She's joined in on the project, and the original Thelma and Houston screenwriter is on board. Mark Wahlberg will star in Holiday Road. Now, this is listed as an action comedy about a former assassin living out a normal life. Just one problem has come up. He has to take his unsuspecting family on the road when his past catches up with him. We'll see what happens to that one, and we'll let you know when we hear about a date for that. And let's see, there's got to be one more around here somewhere. Uh, oh, Ghosts, TV show, Ghosts, Daniel Pinnock. Okay, now she's in the cast. She has joined Prime Video's holiday comedy, Candy Cane Lane. Now that's going to star Eddie Murphy, and uh, that won't be out probably till next year or something like that. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen or Beyond, let's find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. <laughs> sequels. Well... Justin Bartha, one of the stars of the National Treasure film, says there is still hope for National Treasure 3. Time will tell. And Michael B. Jordan will reprise his role as John Clark uh, from Without Remorse recently. And he will be in Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. And 2018's A Simple Favor with Anna Kendrick is getting a sequel. And that's it. Or sequels coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Movies and TV coming to DVD. <laughs> Movies and TV coming to DVD. Well, it looks like uh, the classic Secret of the Incas starring Charlton Heston and Robert Young is going to be getting a release on February 28th on Blu-ray and DVD. And it looks like Masterpiece All Creatures Great and Small Season 3 comes to Blu-ray and DVD on March 14th. Doc Martens Series 10 lands on Blu-ray and DVD on March 21st. Violent Night with David Harbour as Santa Claus lands on Blu-ray and DVD on January 24th. And it's not your typical Santa, just be warned. And the classic horror movie... The Haunted Place with Vincent Price and Lon Chaney Jr. floats onto DVD on March 14th. And Coliseum from the History Channel hits DVD on January 24th. That's it for TV and movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, on February 6th, the original Magnum P.I. series with Tom Selleck joins the lineup over at Get TV at 6 p.m. Brian Cranston says he would be ready to do a Malcolm in the Middle reunion movie if the script plot was good. And sadly, movie legend Gina Lola Brigida has passed this past week at the age of 95. That's it for TV and entertainment time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we head down to Three Pines. And you can catch that on Amazon Prime. And we have Julian Bailey, Peter Morrow from Three Pines right here on On Screen and Beyond.
On this episode of On Screen and Beyond, our guest is an actor who is known for his roles in X-Men Dark Phoenix, For the People, Quantico, The Young and the Restless, Just Shoot Me, and so much more. Right now, you can see him on Amazon Prime's Three Pines as Peter Morrow. It's Julian Bailey. Julian, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, Julian, you have to be very excited uh, because Three Pines has turned into quite a hit on Amazon. It sure has. I am excited. You know, we're just so grateful for all the support and uh, happy that people are enjoying the show. Evidently, uh, they are. That's what all the 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 early numbers seem to suggest. So, yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm extremely stoked, very happy, and uh, feeling feeling very blessed about it all. Yeah, yeah. And watching the show, it's got so many twists and turns. You know, all of a sudden it's going off in this direction, then bang, it's over here. <laughs> it's, it's, That's it's, right. It's it's very yeah. well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, all the twists and turns. I mean, I, I guess that's what keeps people watching. You know, is not, you know not being sure what's going to happen next or how the how the story is going to uh, unfold. And um, you know, I like to think that's what makes for good TV or just good entertainment. You know, is uh, is getting the audience sucked in, as it were, and you know, on board for the for the journey that that we want to take them on. And uh, you know, we have a lot of credit to give to Louise Penny who wrote the books, and to uh, Emilio DiGirolamo, who adapted them for, uh, for the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, just in case there's anybody out there who hasn't seen this, uh, can you let our audience know about uh, what the show was about and uh, your role in it? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, the show, Three Pines, is based on a novel series by Louise Penny, who's a best-selling Canadian author. And um, how to summarize Three Pines? Well, it's set in a, uh, as it's described in the books, a a little village in the eastern townships of Quebec. Now, the eastern townships is close to the close to the U.S. border, so it's it's in Quebec, in Canada, and uh, it's a beautiful part of the country, really a beautiful part of the world. And in this town, uh, unfortunately, uh, these odd murders uh take place or have been taking place and um and so there's a a an investigator named armand gamache who comes in to the town uh to uh well to 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 see what's going on (laughs) with these these unfortunate uh occurrences and uh and when he comes into the town he gets to know the townspeople and then gradually, he and his team start to discover that the townspeople, who appear very friendly and um, uh, hospitable to to an extent, hospitable, I would say, actually in the show, maybe maybe a little less so than in the books, but but um, he starts to realize that they all could be suspects, every one of them. Um, and and so as the series progresses, we we start to learn that um, you know. The townspeople who who we become familiar with may or may not have to do with some of these unfortunate um, murders that that have taken place. And then, meanwhile, there's a, a sort of a seasonal arc. And I'll just say this real quick: there's two two episodes cover one story or one book, more or less, that that we adapt for the show. And then there's a 
there's a, there's a, 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 res, a resolution at the end of, of uh, the second of the two episodes uh, for, for that story. But there's a seasonal arc that involves a missing indigenous girl. So a, a native Canadian uh, girl has gone missing. And, uh, and so the seasonal arc is, is trying to solve that, uh, that unfortunate incident, that crime, what appears to be a crime. Uh, so yeah, that, that's my, my best jab at, at a summary that I, I could have probably made a little shorter, but that's, uh, yeah, no, that's that, my that, stab at it. Yeah, that was great. Uh, now, now <laughs> what about your part? What, what is your role in the yeah. film? Or right, the, the, that, the right. That was, exactly. That was the second part of your question. Um, so I play Peter Morrow. Peter Morrow is, um, c- comes from a very, very upper class family, uh, he has escaped, so to speak, to the country with his wife Clara, who, um, uh, who, did they mention that I'm an artist? Did I say that I'm an artist? Did I say that yep. anyway? Uh, nope. I'm an artist from an upper class family. <laughs> okay, so um, I've escaped to the country with my with my wife Clara um, to make uh, a simple life for us out there, uh, but my inner demons from childhood and from my upbringing and my past, my family have followed me out to the country. And, uh, and so if you watch the show, you'll tell that you'll be able to probably tell that Peter is a, uh, I, I, uh, I hate to use the word disturbed, but he is a somewhat disturbed individual. Uh, he's looking for peace in his life. He's looking for, uh, redemption, you know, aren't we all, but he's looking for a place of, um, of inner calm, I'd say in his life. And in the process of trying to find that and, and, you know, um, get to that place. Um, he's, he, well, I, I think it's okay for me to, to say that he's, uh, he's a suspect in the, in one or two of the crimes and as are some of the other townspeople. And, um, yeah. And, and my character is just a, a really, well, I'll say he's a really well-meaning person, but perhaps, very misunderstood and um and therefore perhaps disliked by some but um at his core he's a very sensitive sincere vulnerable person um who's a successful artist by the way very successful artist but his family situation from childhood is something that he's never really quite uh, come to terms with and there are specifics about that which if you watch the show, the show you'll get into so i'm just i'm one of of a of a few characters in the in the town who we sort of feature in the during the season who we we learn has uh a lot a lot deeper issues than than meet the eye and um and uh and uh like all of us you know just trying to find that uh meaning and purpose and peace in life you did that very well <laughs> because you, you gave a, a good explanation of who you were, but you didn't give anything away, which is great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, pre- I appreciate you saying that, man. I've been doing more of these interviews and things, and uh, and I'm, I was I was telling someone the other day, I was like, man, it's a real skill to be able to say what you want to say but not go on too long because I tend to give sometimes unnecessary details and just kind of ramble on, but. Uh, but no, I appreciate that, man. It's a skill that I'm still working on developing. But uh, thank you. Yeah, because it, it is tough not to be able to give away, and I I don't like giving away things because then you know why should people watch it? You know. <laughs> so, right, so, right, so, right. So, but I want to get them enticed, and you did a great job of that. <laughs> 
Oh, thank you. No, thank you very much. I'll, I'll continue to try to uh, try to be uh, be a great interviewee. You know, that's <laughs> something I need to I need to keep practicing. But yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, how did you get involved with the show? Well, I got involved because um, whether my agent, you know, floated my name out there, or whether they sort of knew I was you know, living up here and might be available and reach out to me. I'm not entirely sure. Probably the former, but um, I auditioned at that point. Um, I actually put a self-tape down because of COVID. You know, nobody was really, for the better part of the last two and a half years, people weren't seeing actors and or casting, I should say, weren't seeing actors in person very much. Um, so I put, I put a self-tape down and I really liked the material. I thought, ooh, this is good material. This is a, this is a cool character. And, um, and then I didn't hear anything for a really long time. And so as I've kind of learned to do over the course of my career is I throw stuff out there and then I sort of forget about it. Um, but this one, I didn't totally forget about it. I, I was curious because I thought, oh, this is, this is, this is a good role for me. So eventually, uh, they did come back and, um, I was about to start another movie like about a year ago, just well, a little over a year ago, probably last summer, so summer of 21, I was about to start a movie, and I had quite long hair, and I had a beard, and I was about to chop the hair and the beard off, and I got a call from my agent, literally the day I was starting that movie, and he was like, don't cut the beard, don't cut the hair, you're in the mix for Three Pines, and they like your look a lot, it's one of the reasons they like you so much, is they like your look, and I'm like, ah, but I'm, I'm literally in the in the hair and makeup chair right now, and I'm about about to get a haircut, like, for this, this movie that I'm I'm about to do, and he was like, try to see if they can meet you in the middle somehow and not cut your hair all off. And so I talked to the producer on the movie and he was like, Oh, it's okay. You know, we'll, we'll work around it. So I had to take the beard down and, and get a little clean up around the ears. <laughs> but, um, but no, I did that movie. And then, um, and then eventually got that call that I, I was at that point expecting, which was, you know, uh, kind of a call back of sorts. Um, and then they came back and said they were interested in seeing me for another role. Uh, so at this whole time, it was Peter Morrow that I was auditioning for. Then they wanted to see me for another role, and, and so I, I was a little disappointed because I thought, oh, I really liked that role of Peter. Um, but I auditioned for the other role, and then uh, and didn't hear anything for a little bit. Then they came back again and said, okay, you're back in the mix for Peter. Now they want to do a chemistry read with Anna Tierney, who plays Clara. So I did, you know... <laughs> A chemistry in quotations, okay, as far as you can gauge chemistry over a Zoom audition. Right. Um, yeah. So I did a chemistry read, you know, from my from my little bedroom, you know, uh, uh, and uh, on Zoom. And of course, you know, to get your eye lines right for the for the people watching the read, and there was there was a, a lot of people in the in the room at that time. Or the room, you know, again in quotations, right. um, yeah. watching on Zoom, and. Uh, and I had to get my eyeline right, and um, and therefore couldn't really you know look at Anna, which is the thing you, you hope to be able to do when you're trying to figure out if you have chemistry with someone, right? Is to be able to look at them. But if I were to have looked at her, it, it wouldn't have read right for the people watching. So I'm like looking at you know a, like a thumbtack on my wall or whatever for my eyeline, and um, and so we did it, you know, a couple times, and. Um, and then I didn't hear anything. That was Thursday, Friday, Thursday passed, 
um, Friday past Saturday, Sunday, you don't hear anything on the weekend. Monday past, still didn't hear anything. I thought, oh, this this one's probably dead in the water. But it was it was a good experience, you know. Then Tuesday afternoon, I get a call from my agent, and he says, hey, can I speak to uh, Mr. P tomorrow, please? And I said, what? I kind of dropped my dropped my bowl of cereal on the ground. and They're calling uh, me no, Mr. I, this, <laughs> this is going to be important. <laughs> Yeah, I sort of. I, I I was like, wow, okay. So I guess I uh, I got the part. So I was I was pretty happy, pretty excited about that because because uh, I knew it was uh, I knew it was a great show and I knew it was a it was a big platform and it was a it was a good role and it was uh, it was a series regular. So so I was uh, I was over the moon. Yeah, I was really happy. And then I, we got shooting like not long after. I was cast quite late in the process, so uh, I didn't have a lot of time to get all familiarized with the books like some of the uh, some of the cast did, but. Um, but yeah, that's how it happened. Now, um, like I say, I don't want to give anything away in case people haven't seen it. But uh, uh, did did you encompass all the books, or is there a chance for a second season? Or I mean, you know, I know things happened, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right. Uh, and well, no. So, so as I mentioned earlier, we covered over two ep- or did i mention earlier i'm sorry sometimes i'm not sure if i said about two uh something or, or i didn't but we yeah we covered two books um oh no sorry we covered one book over two episodes yes. so there yes. are eight episodes in the season so we covered four books total um yeah that's right four books so um you know as as adaptations of course you know there's a lot that people will see and they'll be like oh that wasn't like it wasn't the book well you know it's it's an adaptation it's not a it's not a carbon copy sort of translation to the screen you know it's uh it's an adaptation it's a creative adaptation um so no we covered four books and i believe there are 18 or maybe now even 19 books in the series 18 or 19 something like that but louise just had uh, her latest book come out it was number one in the new york times bestseller list and I believe it was her 18th or 19th book. Don't quote me on that, cause, but it's one or the other. Um, and she's 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 incredible. I mean, she's just sort of prolific at this point. And she started writing uh, these novels, you know, in her I think in her late 40s. Um, so she's got a lot out. And there are so yeah, there are at least 13 or 14, well, 14 or 15 uh, books left that we could adapt. Um, as far as a word on a second season, um, we don't have an official word yet, but we're encouraged by the numbers. And I said to someone the other day, I said, look, you know, we did everything we felt we could do. Uh, we put it all out there, you know, like, uh, like a like a basketball team or, or a football team. You know, the, the NFL playoffs are kind of sort of going on now or about to be going on. Um, uh, we left it all out there on the field. You know, we left it all out there on the floor and we put our heart and soul into it. And I, I think the the initial feedback's been very encouraging. You know, I, I'm uh, pretty sure we were number one in, in the U.S., the U.K., Canada, Australia, and Ireland for about three weeks, maybe even a little over three weeks. Wow. And then we got bumped by Jack Ryan, um, which was sort of to be expected because people have been waiting for that juggernaut of a show for a while. And uh, we got bumped by Jack Ryan. Now I think we're in the top five or at least still in the top 10 in, in, uh, in at least five countries. So, so, I mean, we're encouraged, man. And, uh, and if they, if they want to bring us back and give us a shot at, at uh, second season, I think people will be really happy and, and we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely, uh, you know, give them something worth waiting for yeah. and, and worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. Cause not being familiar with the books, um, the way, the way the show ended, 
it, it was like, okay, well, you know, like I said, I'm not going to say what happens, but it's like, okay, did he, don't he, don't they, what, what, what's happening? No, 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 totally, totally man. You, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, they, they left it in a really good place for, um, to pick it up, to pick it up. In yeah, the, the next, old cliffhanger, uh, <laughs> you know. The old cliffhanger. Yeah, and uh, the way they did that was was great. So, I mean, I, I think a second season, if I may say so myself, is warranted. Oh, and uh, and it would it would definitely, I think, make a lot of people really happy. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, that's where it's at now. You know, I'll be, I'll be happy to hear some news soon. And, you know, having been in this business for quite a while, I have learned that there's not necessarily always a lot of rhyme or reason as to why certain decisions in Hollywood are made. And so, uh, I say to, I say all the time, you know, as an actor in this business, you can't really afford to get too high or too low. You, you have to stay pretty even keeled. And so I've tried to do that, um, throughout this whole process and I continue to try to do that. So I'll be over the moon, um, to hear that we get a second season. And if for some reason, that's not the case. Um, I'm going to keep on trucking and swinging for the fences. So yeah, that's all you can do, you know, so it's been tremendous and, uh, and I think it'd be amazing to have an opportunity to, uh, to build on what we've, uh, what we've established thus far. Yeah. Hey, this is Mark Cuban. And if you love television, like I love television, you have to listen to on screen and beyond. Now, was acting what you always wanted to do from when you were a kid? Uh, from quite early on, yes. From quite early on. I, I would say, like, in terms of, you know, fantastical dreams, I, my ultimate dream was to, was to be a Major League Baseball player. But when I was 13, I, I hurt my knee playing basketball. And I loved basketball, but I just loved baseball more than anything. Um, to watch it and to play it. I mean, all around, I loved baseball. Um, and, um, if I had grown up in a warmer climate, I think I, and not, and had not hurt my knee, I think I, I could have had a shot at, at playing professionally at some, um, at some level, maybe, maybe not the majors, but at some level, I think I could have played professionally because I had a real passion for the sport, mm-hmm. but I hurt my knee and playing basketball. And when I hurt my knee, I, at that point I had already started getting into some acting projects and was getting paid for it at quite a young age so i think even at that age i realized that athletics might not be the uh might not be in my future at least as far as a job goes um and so yeah my focus at about 13 years old really sort of narrowed in on on the entertainment industry my mom was a piano teacher and she had been a music teacher at a school in in england where she's from she's from london my dad had been living in London and had met my mother. They got married, came over here, had my sisters, and then a long, relatively long break. Then I was born. So I was sort of groomed to be a musician. Uh, but then what happened was I, um, I didn't really take to the classical approach, the musical um, approach that my mom, the school that she was coming from, was very, you know, kind of rigid, for lack of a better word. Um, and, and I was a lot more kind of free form and a friend of mine was doing this uh, method called the Suzuki method and I thought oh, that would probably be better for me but then I, I actually met a kid at school who was on a Canadian TV show and he was a, somewhat of a little star and I think I was probably a little starstruck 
he was um, he was in I think he was maybe a grade ahead of me or something or or a grade below me. But anyway, I would see him around. I think oh, that's the kid from that show, and I, I I thought to myself, I could do that. I could do that. I really think I could do that because I already knew I liked making people laugh and you know uh, that kind of thing. I just ha- I remember just getting the idea that I could I could become or you know portray this other character. I love the idea of make believe and and uh, and any emotion and and you know, just telling a story. I love stories. Um, and I, I loved Charlie Chaplin when I was a kid. My mom used to get 16 millimeter reels for my uh, birthday parties. And I would sit there and just smack in my knee <laughs> laughing. Mm. And my, my friends would be like, what? what's this? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I was really surrounded by the arts. And um, uh, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore were a couple of British comedians that my mom sort of raised Neon and uh, Faulty Towers, John Cleese, and um, yes. you, you know, uh, got a little bit into Monty Python and stuff like that later. But you know, and then just you know, I'll, I'll just watching movies in the '80s growing up. You know, Mel Gibson and uh, Eddie Murphy and guys like that. Like I, I just, uh, I just loved movies, you know. And I remember going to the movies with my mom. So I, I just always loved the art form and. So I asked my parents if I could join this children's theater group, and so they obliged. And uh, so I was about 10 years old when I joined that. And then when I was 11, they referred me to a dubbing house in, in town um, that was doing an anime cartoon that from Japan into English. And I got cast as one of these little characters, little snowmen in this snowman village. <laughs> it's kind of funny. And, uh, and I got cast in that. And then, uh, and then I got asked to a a production team came around the city to scout for talent and i got cast in a in a film for the cbc when i was about 11 years old and so i did that movie and i was one of two leads in that movie and then um i did a play with the national theater school of canada so the voiceover stuff the film and the theater all kind of converged like dominoes at that time and uh and then after that i just I uh, I kept working uh, mostly in voiceover though because I wanted to have a reasonably normal childhood so I didn't pursue you know um, you probably heard of um, an actor by the name of Ryan Gosling well, Ryan was with an agent that I later was with at the time he was from um, I believe he's from uh, well he's from Ontario I think I want to say Cornwall Cornwall or Kitchener or something like that I could be wrong about that but anyway he went down and did the Mickey Mouse Club and. Uh, and then he ended up really going for it, you know, and of course he's, he's had an extraordinary career so far, but, um, but I, I sort of wanted to play sports and just like be sort of normal, you know? So I did a lot of voiceover stuff. I played Mowgli in the jungle book series and I was Pepito in the Madeline series and yes. things like that. Dubbing. And then, and then after that we moved to Southern California, went to school and then after school went to Chicago. So that, that's kind of how it all started in my early years. Now you you mentioned Ryan Gosling and Mel Gibson and everything. You know I can picture you doing a action movie with one of those guys or Mel Gibson. I I, I don't know why just seeing you on the screen. You know it's like oh yeah he'd he'd be great. You know <laughs> doing that. Thanks, man. thanks. Yeah, put a put a word in for me, man. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love to do something like that. I would love to have a a challenge like that. And uh, yeah, I think too like you know. To, to merge comedy with action is something that I always thought would be like a dream kind of opportunity for me. You know, just, uh, you know, comedy was a big thing for me early on. I actually got my foot in the door for the, you know, the best way I ended up getting my foot in the door in Los Angeles was through doing stand up comedy. 
Um, and uh, I was seen by an agent who brought me in. He was actually a literary agent. And then he kind of hip pocketed me for a while. And then they signed me. And I just, it really, that's when the momentum started for me down there. And, you know, nobody, you know, would, would have realized how close I was to certain like pretty big shows that ended up happening. Um, but I was, I was in the mix and I was up against, you know, certain actors and, you know, I just always believed that my opportunity would come and I just would keep, kept chipping away and kept swinging away and kept trying to learn and grow as a person. And, uh, and yeah, but I love comedy and I'd love to work with those guys. I mean, like Mel Gibson. Wow. I mean, that, that dude, I mean, just, just, uh, even just as a director, what he's been, what he's been able to do, it's just a super gifted, talented, interesting guy. But you, you did work with Leah Thompson in uh, For the People, right? Yeah, I did. I did. Funny you should bring that up. Nobody brings that up. Um, well, Leah's know, been a guest here, cool. too. I've, I've had Leah on the show you know here. What? I love her. Oh, man. It no, I worked nice. with her a long time ago, man. And she she was a dream um, sort of first star uh for for me a dream it was like a dream come true working with her and it was a dream come true for me because um i you know i grew up in the 80s you know i was i was a little kid in the 80s and so back to the future was right up there for me with with like et is you know one of my favorite movies ever and i mean i fully uh admit i had a, a huge crush on Leah thompson as a kid so when i booked this role and um in this light, it was a, back then they used to call it television for women, um, lifetime series called for the people. And I found out she was going to be playing my boss in the show. I, I played her sort of, uh, kind of like her assistant secretary type of, uh, role. That's, that's sort of what I was doing. I, I was guaranteed two episodes and, uh, and w- what happened was we had a table read one day and the, the actor that was supposed to play one of the, um, the sort of emotionally meaty roles um, that was just like a one-off, like a one-episode guest spot, uh, couldn't come to the table read. So they asked me to read that role. And after the table read, you know, some of the writers came up to me. They're like, "We didn't know you had it in you to play the, that depth of emotion and that, you know, whatever they uh, noticed in my performance that they thought was was engaging and, and interesting." And, and and so they started writing me in more. And I ended up doing twelve episodes. Yeah. Um, of that show, and and um, you can't find it now. I, I don't know what happened to it, but Leah was Leah was amazing, like the whole the whole way through. And she would always talk about her little girls, who of course now are are grown up. And uh, and then unfortunately that show got got canceled after after a single season. But but no, she was great, man. And um, you know, and everybody, Catherine Lepard was the creator of that show, and she was just lovely. And uh, and I'll, I'll I'll say this too because it's kind of interesting. When I first moved to LA, the OJ trial had just gotten underway. And, um, and so of course I was familiar, you know, the, the prosecutors and, and all the defense team. And one of the defense team was, uh, Robert Kardashian. And then the prosecutor of course was Marsha Clark and Marsha Clark was our technical advisor on that show. So, oh, really? uh, yeah, so I was hanging out with, with Leah Thompson and, and, uh, Marsha Clark and, um, and then, uh, Frank Grillo, who's, who's made quite a career for himself, played Leah Thompson's love interest. Um, at the time, so he was cool too, and he he really he kind of took me under his wing a little bit, and he was the one who first recommended I should audition for this new show called NCIS, 
which they ended up getting Mark Harmon for. Right. And that's a, that's another story. That guy's just talk about a he was just a great number one on, on the show. He was a great lead, and he really took me under under his wing on the time I was working on NTIS. But um, but yeah, just what a great time and great opportunity to work with some amazing people. And uh, Leah definitely stands stands uh, stands among them for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Julian is. Uh, I know sometimes you guys can't talk about <laughs> projects that may be coming up for you because they're under wraps or whatever, but is there anything that you can tell us about that, that you have in the works? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I can. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, those, those, uh, those darned NDAs, man. Right. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> and you, you're kind of, you know, a little nervous about what can I say, what can't I say, because I have heard some stories of uh, people accidentally slipping up and saying something and then getting a phone call from the network head or whatever. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, as far as any of that stuff, like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have a better, uh, well, I'll have more freedom to, to say whatever I, I can in about a year from now or whatever. But um, but at, at the moment, what I can say is, um, well, one thing I'm always doing and, and I love doing is I love, uh, dubbing, um, putting English uh, words into foreign series. And I, last year I worked on a show called Vincenzo um, for Netflix, and I played Vincenzo. I was with the English voice of Vincenzo, and that was a, a project for Netflix that I really enjoyed doing. Um, and then I had one called Narco Saints. I played a, one of the lead characters in that recently. So I'm always doing dubbing. Um, so that's stuff that I've got, you know, sort of always in the hopper. Um, um, what I was going to say is I have a couple projects that I'm tinkering around with that are my own as far as writing uh, goes. And I'm hoping to have some pitches, at least one or two, ready, uh, But let's say by the summer. So I'm, I'm really doing a lot of writing and, and working on that kind, of, that kind of thing these days. Um, and then anything else, you know, there's, there's video game things going on here. Um, and then, of course, waiting to hear on. Uh, about season two and that that will be exciting if, uh, if they give us another go at it um yeah. but yeah, yeah that's that's uh, that's about it yeah. yeah well julian i want to finish up with uh, one final question and people tell me it's the toughest question that i have so uh we'll see <laughs> see what you do with this <laughs> yeah um when you sit back and relax what's your favorite mm-hmm. tv shows now and of the past and what's your favorite movies now and of the past I knew you were going to ask me that question <laughs> when you said it. The stuff the I knew because that's the question that puts the puts the you know puts you in that kind of deer in headlights um, right <laughs> uh, thing. But um, but yeah, no. Let let me let me see what I can when I can come up with my what favorite are you shows. Watching? That's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Okay, so now I would say you know, I'm a little late to the party, but I'm really enjoying Yellowstone. Oh, that's um, great. That's a great show. Really enjoying Yellowstone. Um, so, uh, so I'll say that for now, as far as television, um, in the past, well, I, I, you know, as a kid, I loved MacGyver as a kid. That was a show I loved. I loved MacGyver. The original, <laughs> I just of course, MacGyver. Yeah. the original one, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Richard, uh, Dean Anderson. Um, so I loved that. And I, and I really liked watching reruns of the Rockford files. That was another one I really liked, yes. uh, when I was a kid. Um, and of course, th- those would have been reruns because I think I was probably a little too young to watch those when they were actually uh, before they before they. Uh, oh yeah, syndication. Seventies, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was uh, in the mind of God, I guess, at a point. Well, until the late seventies, but um, but yeah, and so uh, so 
And then, okay, as far as movies go, so movies. Um, now, I confess, I need to catch up on my movies. And I, I'm a big movie guy. I love movies. I need to catch up on my movies. Whatever's out and current. I was asked this the other day, what, what do you love that's just come out movie-wise? And I'm like, oh, man, the last thing I saw in the theaters was Top Gun. Yes. Um, so I might have to rain-check that, but kind of touching a little bit I'll, I'll throw a couple titles out at you that i have movies that just jumped out at me if that's okay um sure. from from the past so for me et is is always up there i just love et and there's probably a lot of sentimental reasons for that too um the empire strikes back return of the jedi you know the star wars stuff always love that i was actually born on the day star wars the original one the first one came out really uh, wow. when, yeah i was <laughs> born on the day yeah 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 <laughs> so i kind of have a tie to that in a sense but um um and then i, I love braveheart um as far as indie films go I, I really like this movie called buffalo 66 that vincent gallo did and i liked ang lee's ice storm the ice storm I loved Goodwill Hunting. I <laughs> just throwing out movies, man, because I just love so many movies, man, that I uh, that yeah. I've seen and um, and that's great. Uh, that's great because people yeah. always email me and say, oh, you know, they heard the interview and and, and they said, oh, so and so said they saw this movie and liked it, and then they watch it and they say, oh, that was a great movie, you know. So it gives people, you know, an idea of, of other things to watch. There's just so much to watch nowadays. <laughs> But that's the thing, man. It's. It, I think they did some kind of a study, and they found out that when people are given like so many options, they they oftentimes end up picking none. Um, <laughs> and I find lately with with everything also that I've had going on, it's it's just been it's a question of what to pick. You know, what do we what do we settle on? And it's it's no longer the days of going through walking through Blockbuster Video. You know, you know, trying to pick your three movies to to bring home for the next few days but um but now you know you're just like browsing all these platforms that's like unending yes. <laughs> options you know? um but yeah i'm sure i'll get off the call with you and i'll think to myself ah, i should have said uh, this one too you know but uh, yeah so many so many great movies man from yeah. um yeah well, julian yeah. i cannot thank you enough uh you know for sharing this with us and uh we will be watching to see if uh, you know if you haven't seen three pines anybody out there be sure to check out three pines on amazon prime but uh gonna keep my fingers crossed for a second season and uh be interesting to see what you've got coming up in the future here and uh you know love to have you back if, if you're promoting something else here and uh thank you so much julian Absolutely, Brian, and uh, you know, I'll definitely, definitely take you up on that, man. I'd love to come back sometime, and uh, thanks so much for having me. It's it's been a real pleasure. And a big shout out goes to Julian Bailey for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, busy guy, he's got all kinds of things going on, and uh, that's uh, Three Pines. If you have not seen that, be sure to check it out on Amazon Prime. It's a good show. And uh, as far as more episodes of On Screen and Beyond, we have some coming your way. And uh, we have somebody from uh, a, a show that, uh, you know, a lot of people used to like back in the, what was it, the 80s, I think, around the 80s. And uh, it, it, it went on for quite a few years, and that's coming up shortly. And uh, who else do we have? I don't know. We've got a couple other people lined up already, and more are going to be coming on board. So uh, keep listening to On Screen and Beyond. In the meantime, until next week, uh, you can turn around and check out uh, 
all the episodes at On Screen and Beyond, or I'm sure you know, if you've been doing this 16 years, so you can go back and uh, listen to them again because there's a lot of them. I'm sure that um, you've forgotten, you know, what the the people had said and everything. And uh, sadly, a lot of the people, uh, some of the people who have uh, been guests here at On Screen and Beyond, have passed away. So uh, you can check them out, hear their story right from them. And that's it. That is a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 